0: Sith brought off. <laughs> we fucked that up. Okay, no more Palpatine for me this morning. Um, <laughs> attempt to talk like Palpatine, and I effed it up good. Anyways, Sith brothers and sisters, fellow purebloods and cultists, rebel scum on the run. Most importantly, Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's doing great this week. Can't complain too much because I'm utilizing my days off a lot better. But not a whole lot's really dropped since our last episode. So I did manage to make a couple of small purchases off of eBay. And it's one of those things where Because there was so much talk about new stuff being released around Star Wars week. You have stuff being dropped at the middle of May. Stuff being dropped at the end of May, June, beginning of the month. I mean, it's so fucking difficult to keep track of everything. So, I did manage to get my hands on two Funko Pops from Episode 9 that I've really wanted Because I'm also a sick completist when it comes to Kylo Ren stuff. Even though it is a Ben Solo Funko. It's Adam Driver. I guess we'll make an exception to have a... um, I'll call him a Dark Jedi in my room. Just because I don't want to say there's a Jedi in my room and create problems with Papa Palp. So... We'll leave it at that. So I got the Ben Solo with the blue lightsaber from episode 9. The part where he comes to rescue Rey and fight off the Knights of Ren. And I also got the new Palpatine pop coming. Uh, They're not here yet. The part where he's like, I'm all the Sith. And (laughs) uh, I just, I really... That Funko looks pretty cool. I'm actually quite excited about that one, just because, believe it or not, that's actually my first pop, uh, Papa Palpatine, pal, uh, shit, Papa Palpatine Funko Pop. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Um, I mean, I've got uh, got a sh- couple different Stormtrooper ones, a Vader, couple different Vaders. Uh, of course, I have all the Kylo ones. Uh, I I feel like I've got almost every character represented in here so far, except Palps, Sheevy Palps. So I'm really, really excited about this. I don't know where the fuck I'm going to put it, because I kind of uh, don't know what I'm going to do with it. But anyway, so we've got those coming. That'll be here hopefully within the next week. I also got from Order 66 Toys. I managed to get my hands on a LED Lego Kylo keychain. Yes, I'm sick. Uh, For some reason, I feel like I've seen the LED Lego keychains, but for some reason, the one that I never have really seen out in the wild before is the Kylo one. I know at one point I tried to order it on Target when they came out, and I think they accidentally put a different one in my bag, and I went right in and returned it, and I was like, this is not Kylo. Um, So, those are my purchases for the week. Uh, Teensy bit of an update, not too terrible. Um... I did finally call and double check. I guess at some point I'm still on hold with my tattoo artist. Hopefully he'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, they did mention, of course, that they were going to put up there when he'd be coming back. Just because I've been calling once a week now. And so I'm really excited. Uh, Let's see. Very little bit wiggle room progress in clone wars i'm still somewhere in season 4 but you know i'm just i'm doing the best i can i think i had a discussion with somebody at work about this when they came in and and was talking to me about my tattoos the other day i think the reason why i struggle with clone wars so much i did okay with The reading I did a lot better with the reading than I'm doing with the TV show, just because, and I don't know if it has something to do with it being animated, and it it just it coming off a little juvenile to me, at least I from what I've seen and heard about Clone Wars, the final season is arguably the best one. It's the more grown up of the seven. So I just I think that honestly that's why I've been struggling with the TV show so much is because it's just kind of I don't know sometimes I feel like I have it on just for background noise. Uh so teensy bit concerned also with how I'll do with Bad Batch if and when I finally get there. But I am doing kind of okay with my reading still plugging through Deceived so my mini bitch session with that I finally have broke page 100 with Deceived and there's like I think there's like 325 in this book um I've been reading this book since before I started it since around the time I went on vacation in March so I mean it's it's been a couple months now This book has now four things going on in it. You've got Z-Man and his shit going on with his ship. You've got Aaron Lanier, the rogue Jedi. Uh, You've got Malgus and his shit on Coruscant with Darth and Grawl. And now you've got this... "Quote unquote spy slash whatever he is named Wrath that is apparently after Z Man and his shit and I mean there's it's only been four chapters so these chapters are quite long and there is unlike Revan okay so follow me here unlike Revan." With Drew with Drew Carpitian did probably totally fucked up the name, sorry. With Revan until the storylines merged halfway through the book. This chapter was about this, the next chapter was about that. So you got to spend time with these guys doing shit. Okay. Deceived. With Paul Camp, And I said this in my Amazon review. I think I told you guys about this. So there is multiple things going on in a chapter at a time. You're not getting very far with these characters and their shit. Before we're off jumping off doing something else. And it is so fucking frustrating. We're talking zero break in the page. And there's four things going on in the chapters at a time. And it's it's bullshit. It really, really is. I've been fighting this book. I want to love it. And I really, I like Malgus's character. But God help me. I feel like I'm to the point where... I'm only reading this for Malgus' stuff to to get that Sith knowledge now because I'm so pissed off at this book. (laughs) So when it comes the time to finally review Deceive, there's probably going to be a few F-bombs. I already know it. Um, But anyways, that's my my bitch session with Deceived. Changing gears to the comic side of things, so for this week, the review, we're jumping into Tales of the Jedi, this is now the third series out of six in this, we started a couple weeks ago, took you guys on my SWOTOR swerve with me, and the third Part of Tales of the Jedi is Ulic Keldroma and the Beast Wars of Onderon. So, out of so far, so I've mentioned I like the first two parts of this series Golden Age of the Sith and Fall of the Sith Empire. I really love those because it focused on the Sith, the Sith were the primary focus. This one, it gets a little weird. and it I was a little concerned with this and I know I've told at least a I, I know I told at least one of my friends that I was a little concerned about this. The artwork gets a little weird and it's definitely unlike anything that I've read up until this point, so. It got better, but it, yeah, I was a little worried. So bear with me here. We're going to jump right in. So it starts off in a place called Arcania, which is the, uh let's see we're meeting Master Arca Ulik Keldroma which is his a student of his at a training compound Ulik is considered arrogant and bold he has a brother K Keldroma and they're watching everybody. They're watching the two brothers train and Ulik is just being completely overconfident. We also meet up with uh Tot Donetta. Um Onderon recently was discovered. It was half civilized. There is, let's see, Yellow Sun, three worlds, only one of them is hospitable to life. It has four moons orbiting it. One of them is uh, D- uh, Dick's Sun, which is, let's see consider geophysical chaos it's used let's see it used to touch onderon briefly during the summer their uh, where creatures were learning to escape uh let's see or there's creatures learning to escape to duxon they're preparing or it's unprepared for creatures and or you know, the need for food. The people on here are evolved where they've learned to hunt. There's a great walled city protecting several million became practiced to throw lawmakers out into the wilderness beyond The outcasts learn to survive and tame these beasts. And the city, of course, to help protect itself has evolved. Their weapons have evolved into wave weapons. Yep, like I said. It's fucking weird. Um, It's also in a constant state of war. Master Arca has... Accepted the watch over role on Onderon. He's sending Ulik. Let's see. He's staying, sending Ulik. Fighting is considered a last resort, and this is a test for his knighthood. Ulik's brother, Kay. The Tot Donitas, the Twi'lek, they go to Onderon on a ship called the Nebulon Ranger. They go to the walled city of Iziz, where the beast, Beast Riders swarm them. They end up landing on top of a royal citadel. Novar, the Minister of State, greets them. This place is ruled by Queen Amenoa. Known for suspicion of outsiders. Tot is taken to immigration for interrogation. Let's see. Queen stops this. Taken in front of her. She looks older than... Seventy. Her daughter Galia is only eighteen. She was expecting a master, not a child. Uh, and they introduce Ulik and them to her daughter. Blah blah. Yes, I legit wrote that in my notes. Novar interrupts them. Invaders end up breaching the perimeter. There's a chance for the Jedi to prove themselves to help defend the city. Beast warrior commandos are after the Queen. Ulic sends his brother Kay and Tot after them. The daughter gets captured. The Queen naturally gets upset and sends Ulic after her ASAP. Kay and Tot are uneasy about being here. They sense darkness here. Let's see. Torpedo shoots him down. Ship goes down on Modon Kira. Tot checks the outside for damage. Sees... Boma Beasts, uh, akin to the Rancor, tries to speak to them. He becomes an honorary creature, Tot says, to get on top of them. The creatures tell Tot that the girl is there and that she's about to marry the son of Modon Kira, named Oran. Let's see. Tot gets Bomas to charge through the ceremony. Ulic grabs Galia. She doesn't want to go. She she doesn't want to be rescued. And I put big LOL here. She actually wants to marry Oron. Modon, the father, ceases fire, asks the Jedi to join them in this happy occasion. The father is Draco the Elder, who hasn't spoken in years due to injury. Ulik ends up to deduce that she arranged her own abduction. That she no no longer excuse me. Then she mentions that she no longer wants to live under the dark side of the Force and. On Dawn, the the groom in this weird wedding starts telling the story of Free Nad. This name is going to be important here the next couple of episodes. So Free Nad brought the dark side to their world uh he let's see decreed ondoran stay isolated to rule unchallenged those who opposed him were branded traitors the father was casted out of izis 50 years ago modon warns the jedi that the city of izis is cursed and that they should stay and help them fight. Ulik asks Galia to go to her mom and reveal the marriage. And Galia's like, I don't know my mother or the dark side. The father, Droko, speaks up and says, if you fail, will you help us? They all board a ship and go back to Isis. the two Jedi brothers, the Keldroma brothers, Galia and her new husband, Odon. <laughs> this is like I swear to God, we're in the middle of a fucking soap opera. As they approach, Isis starts to defend itself. The Queen discovers that Galia's on board the ship and gets them to immediately stop firing. Once she realizes what's going on, she says to them, "I will see you die first. The Queen is <laughs> I wrote the Queen is upsetios. <laughs> You want darkness, she starts floating, calls upon Freedon Nad's spirit. She has long worshipped the Sith teachings of Freedon Nad and revered him in his memory. She taught her dying husband, King Omen. Excuse me, yeah. Something, it's a little confusing because it mentions she taught her husband who's dying... The king, Omen, let's see. The two brothers and Tot and Galia, everybody, they escape to a secret passage thanks to Galia's knowledge of the palace. Kay ends up accidentally getting left. Ulick orders Tot to take the newlyweds out of there to the ship. Oron asks about their promise, saying and saying slash threatening that we will fight. Oron radios his dad, who's waiting, says that the mission was a failure and calls for a start of war. Everything at this point seems evenly matched. The guards are armed with energy blades. Kay ends up losing his left arm. The queen retreats to Friedon Nad's mausoleum. It's considered a power concentration source. King Omen, let's see. Friedon Friedon Nad was an ancestor to King Omen, her husband calls upon the force of the ancient sith will zap an entire army Ulick thinks of his brother he takes apart a droid and utilizes the droid for his new robot arm for k modon encourages men to keep fighting another jedi ship so Another Jedi ship shows up in its Master Arca. War is so much more than arms and armor. Turns the tide back against the city, uses, let's see, he meditated the fight to influence the outcome. Arca's presence renders Nad's tomb powerless to the Queen. Galia thinks her mom has died. Arca reminds her only the dark side has left her. Opens up the tomb. Let's see. Opens up the tomb. 400 years ago, Nad came to Onderon and was declared king. There could only be one Sith at the time and the tomb became his source of power. Finally there's peace, the marriage becomes official and Arca asks the Keldroma brothers and Tot to stay around and says that there are still Nad loyalists to deal with and there's a cult still around plus her father even though he's dying is technically still alive and thinks that he needs to be watched as well Ulic asks Arca about Freedon Ned, Jedi. Let's see. Asks about how did he fall. The third part. So the third issue in this series is also introduces a new character who will also become important to the last, as we finish Tales of the Jedi. The Keldromas and this character I'm in getting ready to introduce, Nomi Sunrider, are very important to the rest of the Tales of the Jedi series. Let's see... Nomi Sunrider, another Jedi warrior, also skilled in battle meditation. Jedi Knight and Dor Sunrider and his family visit Master Thon, who is watchman of the Stennis system. Teacher gave him. Add again crystals, which are great for sabers. Give them to Master Thon. Nomi's his wife. They have a girl named Vima, who's also pivotal—excuse me, pivotal—to the rest of the series. Nomi's considered too timid to be a Jedi. But she has power. Before hyperspace travel, systems lived in great isolation, unaware of one another largely. Now things are new and booming. The Sunrider's presence unsettles. The spaceport they arrive at where there's overheard talk of Adigan crystals being around. Good be sent after them. Quanto and Rec are hunt hench, or excuse me, hut henchmen. A Gorm worm kills the da- uh, the husband and His spirit reaches out to his wife Nomi to take the saber and start fighting. She slices Quanto. And finally, he urges her to find Master Thon and start her journey as a Jedi. She finds him. Hut and gangsters find their ship and start tearing it apart. They come across Master Thon's com- compound, start attacking his herd of creatures that he has. one of them protects him and scares them away. Turns out that this one protectful beast is Master Thon, who is a, an advanced Jedi. He kind of, folks, almost looks... I guess the closest thing I could describe to his appearance, he almost looks like a Triceratops or some form of that... Um, between that and a rhinoceros. he It's... yeah... One of those things. Have I lost you yet? <laughs> I warned you this was weird. Okay. <laughs> the desert world of Ambria is where they start training. Master Thon ignores Nomi since she became his apprentice. Another uh, Padawan Os or excuse me, Padawan helper person Os Willem says that the lake nearby held dark power that was contained by Master Thon called Lake Nath. The daughter, Vima, almost gets eaten by a dragon. Nomi saves her using battle meditation. We start to get a little bit of her husband, Anders, backstory. Excuse me, I wrote backstory-ish. Sometimes he was gone for months. His master was Chama. Master Thon leaves her because of pain and sadness. Let's see. Because pain and sadness pierce her heart still. But she must begin her training. Humanoid. There are 25 human races in the three systems. They're referred to as Nessies. Pirate Captain Stonebone. Skeletal remains of big insects used as basis for ships. Great Baga is head of the hut here. He's head hut in charge at the time of the crime world located on the private moon of Taboon he owns a dreadnought again pretty fucking badass so i've mentioned this before where we've talked about how when we see certain things presented in film and when they are actually talked about in the reading so i i me being slightly first order trash find it very appealing when you talk about... We didn't see it in the films until um, episode 8 and the use of a dreadnought. So to read about the use of this technology, this series is... It's one of the older ones. Um, just seeing about it, its it's really neat to connect... New and old. So, Os, Willem, and let's see, Nomi talk. Arc Arcania's a dark world drove by dark side energy. He's been in Master Thon service for five years. Tot Donita arrives for Asa's help. Arca and three others are on Onderon. They need help with the Freedon-Nad uprising, so... There's our connection from Nomi's part of this to what the Keldromas are doing. That's really cool. Pirates brought to Boga's. Let's see. Stealing. Mutonium from the Nessie's friends sends. Captain Stonebone to look for Master Thon and these Atagan crystals. Master Thon instructs Nomi to first build her saber. One thing that I will admit here about uh about Nomi Sunrider, so Nomi is. One of the very first ones that we are introduced to, of course, it's not the first time since I've started this review with you guys of my reading where a Jedi is against using a lightsaber. She's really against it. So she kind of really puts up this big fuss about building one versus using one. And the last part of this series, Boga kills the captain and his first mate, let's see, kills captain's first mate, Rocco, in order to get a yes. Apparently they don't want to go after Master Thon. Nomi refuses a second time to build a saber. And he shows, let's see, moves to Arca's Holocron. Master Ode Benar appears. Vima gets scared and starts asking a lot of questions. Master Thon offers his own saber, which... I don't know how the fuck that works when you have four legs so I guess he holds it in his mouth. (laughs) Holy shit. Pirates arrive and she refuses to use any power. I put in quotations ungrateful bitch come to mind. They're about to take Master Thon and the crystals, and she changes her mind. She protects Vima. Everybody flees. They're all okay. So, yeah. Bit of a bitch ending, but I warned you this was weird. I doth protest a little bit in the beginning. So don't say I didn't warn you. So that concludes our review for the week, folks. Next week's episode, we're gonna review the fourth part of the series, Tales of the Jedi, The Freedon Nad Uprising. It gets a little better. Um I did kind of in looking a little bit into my reading. I think it just this one was a little a bit of a crude beginning just because obviously it's it's a little trippy and yeah it's I mean you're definitely seeing you know we're talking about I don't want to say the beginning of time here but it's yeah it's it's a bit rough anyways. Gotta take the good with the bad. I hope you guys enjoyed the review this week. Please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, tag, comment. If you want to, please follow me on Instagram or Twitter, South Pawsith, Holly Garland. Yes, I'm also on Facebook. If you happen to find me on there, please. Send me a message letting me know you found me through the podcast just because on there I'm a little funny about strangers. Uh, but enjoyed the SWOTOR tour swerve with you guys this week. As always, may the Force be with you guys. See you next week.